God for his amazing grace. Well, I wanted to take a rest for a few weeks from Revelation and eventually come back and look at the book of Jonah. And if you looked at, you know, how far we're getting today, you're going to say, oh, brother, one verse. This could be rough. So we're going to look at the first verse as an introduction in the book of Jonah. And I ask if you will stand in honor of our great God as I read from his word. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you work through weak people like us, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that your amazing grace, it brings us to worship, God, because none of us deserve what you alone provide. Father, regardless of we think we're good, we think we're bad, whatever we think, we have a God who has paid the price for our sin. And that is good news. So I pray this morning as we begin to look at Jonah, Father, as we look at this prodigal prophet that wanted to run the other direction, Lord. <laughs> Bring us back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I thought it'd be fun to start out with a little Bible knowledge test. It's not too hard. Uh, I want to say a little phrase, get you guys to try to finish. Um, so we'll start out with uh, Zacchaeus climbed the sycamore tree. Good job. Adam and? I figured y'all get that one. Noah and? Daniel and? Uh, Hithophel, I don't know that one either. Uh, that's kind of like one of those I say, you know, sometimes when you're reading the Bible, I just have to say hard word, hard word, because some of those are just tough. Jonah and Jonah and the whale. I actually entitled this message, Jonah more than fish food. When we think about Jonah, we think about that whale, and I guess we think about a whale because, I mean, that's the biggest fish we think of, and the only fish that's got a mouth big enough to you know, carry a guy down in there into his belly. But when you look through the book of Jonah, it's so much more than just a fish story. In the book of Jonah, we see the greatest national revival in a place you would least expect revival to break out. A cruel nation that had run the opposite direction from God and interestingly enough, this great revival broke out with one of the shortest sermons ever preached. Jonah and the mercy of God. To Jonah and through Jonah. He's the first missionary that's spoken of in the scriptures of a Jewish prophet going to a Gentile nation with a message of repentance. And Jesus himself, he speaks of Jonah. He said, what I'll give you to speak of myself is the sign of Jonah. He was in the belly of the well for three days. And then he appeared. Our Lord who went into the very depths of hell for three days. And then he came back from the grave and he was resurrected. As we think of Jonah, just some common objections that we see. And well, many classrooms of universities and 
religious classes that want to look at the book of Jonah as if it's just some kind of fable, some kind of made-up story. And, and just, I just want to briefly mention just a couple of these objections. The first one is the abundance of miracles. And they say, well, how in the world could Jonah be swallowed by a big fish? Well, to begin with, they don't even really believe that God made the big fish. Or that he made the plants or the animals or, or made you and I. But that all of creation and everything that was made just came out of chance. Not from a divine creator. You see, you have to believe in God himself and his power before you really get the idea that, yeah, a big fish could swallow a person. And it's that understanding of, of Jesus. And, and that has to be open. Our minds have to be open by the Spirit of God. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the man without the Spirit cannot understand the things of God because they're spiritually discerned. In other words, we can't get God's truth until God's Spirit makes it clear. He's the teacher that makes it come alive. Secondly... I mean, these liberals consider it a fairy tale because of the unique mission of Jonah. As you look in the Old Testament, God, he, he spoke His covenant to His covenant people, to the Jews. But this is different. God's having them leave the neighborhood or the nation or the sacred people that have been called out to go to a different people with a message of forgiveness. It just doesn't jive. With much of the covenant of the Old Testament in the understanding of these scholars as they look at God speaking to the Jews. But yet we know, as we look at Elisha, we look at Elijah, as they were sent to pagan kings. We have a God who loves all people. For God so loved the world, not just a few, that he sent his son, right? Third... Jonah refers to Nineveh in the past. Uh, chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Now Nineveh was a great city, large city, was. But this is a story This spoken of in the narrative. It is spoken looking back by the author as he describes the work of God. And then fourth objection they have in mind is do the length of time as we read in uh, three, three, the second part, that it took three days to walk across the city. Well, it's just one city. Three days to walk across a city. But when you think about a city, there are suburbs or outlying parts of a city. And man, I think of Atlanta, it's half of Georgia. Or when I think of the Tri Cities, even, you know, that's probably close, put all three together, it may not make 120,000, but it's a large area. So just the, the idea that it wouldn't take a while to, to walk across that area. And then, and then fifthly, the final objection is that there's some vocabulary used in here that's not typical of that day. Well, how did they know all the words Jonah used? As, as a matter of fact, in a careful study, see, those words weren't quite so unusual. Now, let me look at a little background of Jonah. He was a prophet... In the time of Jeroboam II, 750 years before the time Jesus came.
came upon the earth for his earthly ministry. Matter of fact, turn me to 2 Kings 14.25. This is a verse we have in the scriptures. Apart from the book of Jonah. That mentions 14.25. That mentions Jonah. He was the one. God was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebohamath to the Sea of the Arabah in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath-Hefer. Matter of fact, it's, it's very likely because this was in the time frame of Elijah and Elisha that he may have gone to the prophet school with Elijah and Elisha and sat under the feet of their teaching, learning what it meant to serve and to follow God. Matter of fact, J. Sidley, Sidlow Baxter wrote this. He said, Jonah would have been a leading prophet among the schools of the prophets when Elisha was nearing the end of his remarkable ministry. It's interesting to consider Jonah and Elisha would have known one another. Jonah was one of the revered prophets of the Jewish people in fact, the father of Peter and Andrew, the disciples of Jesus Christ, was named Jonah. Matter of fact, remember it says in Matthew sixteen seventeen that Simon bar Jonah. That's how he was referred to bar Jonah. Bar means son of. Simon, son of Jonah. So he was named, more than likely, after this prophet. That was, that, that was loved and, and looked up to in the Jewish story of God reaching out to his people. 150 years after the death of Solomon, Jonah appeared on the scene and he, he's preaching in Israel. And he's doing a work for God. Now, I, let's look at the actual Jonah verse 1. It's interesting, as you look in the original language, there is a Hebrew word that starts out in the construction of a sentence. And that word could be translated and, could be translated now. Um, some translations we have that. And, and basically, it's a connective word that gives the idea that there's something before this. There's words before this. It's an indication that this is not the only story of the grace of God. This is not the only example of the movement of God to save people and to reach out to people and to love people. It's not just the message of, of Jonah going to this people. God's message has always gone out to all people. And it is that beautiful picture. Warren Wearsby, he writes this in his commentary. He said that... Uh, if one of the books began with the word and, the editor would probably wonder if something had been lost, including his ability to even use the English language. Wiersbe went on to write that by opening with the word and, the book of Jonah hints to us that God's story of grace and mercy is a continuing message. It's interesting to me how little is spoken of here about Jonah. It doesn't give us a description about this man. You know, a lot of times when you have a speaker getting ready to, to speak, you have an introduction. We learn all about the guy and his accomplishments and who he is. 
But there's really nothing said here about Jonah except one thing. Notice what we learn about him. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. You see, what this tells me is this is not about Jonah. It's about the message God gave to Jonah. And of course, we can always say that about us, right? It's never really just specifically about us. It's about God's message. It's about the gospel. Because we're not even told exactly how he received this. Was it through a dream? What was it carried through another of his prophets? How did God speak to him? Well, we're not even given those facts. But we do learn about him. Notice from his name. I want to share with you from meanings of his name. Um, we are told that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. That word Jonah in the Hebrew, it literally means dove. And the picture here is that often as there's association, you know, there's meaning in those names, those special meanings. And so it may be his family as they named their boy Jonah. They wanted him to be a person of peace. Who carries the message of peace and harmony. I mean, it goes all the way back to the ark. Remember in Genesis, as the flood started to recede, and the dove was the messenger of God that brought forth an olive branch, and, and it was a way of saying, God's peace is available. He's going to spare you. This, this flooding is going to stop. It, the waters are going to recede. And we'll be able to start over all again. And, and that was the, the picture that was shared in his very name. He was peace. And then secondly, it says the son of Amittai. That comes from the Hebrew word that literally means amen. Or the truth. And so if you put that together, what we learn about Jonah. Is his name literally means. The one of peace who speaks the truth. He's the one of peace who speaks the truth. Now, as we go through the book of Jonah, we're going to see uh, next time, man, he spoke to a, a, just a bad bunch of people. I mean, I don't even know exactly how to connect it today. I guess it would be like trying to speak to ISIS. Right? I mean, you go in there. It, you know, look, at least as far as I'm, Think about ISIS. I don't think there's much conversation. Right? <laughs> but yet, God sends him in there. But it's a message of peace. But you know what he preaches? His message of peace is not, well, we're all just going to hug each other. And pat each other's heads. And talk about how sweet everybody is. That's not what he does. He preaches peace. But he preaches it when we turn our hearts to or to God. He was a forerunner of Christ. But, but he, he, he speaks that truth. He says the way to have peace. Is to turn from your ways. That are going opposite God's direction. And go God's direction. That's the message. And actually of course as we think about Jonah. He got the same message. As he was going the wrong way. And God moved him back. In the right direction that he was sent. To go with that message of peace. And the truth. Of God. Matter of fact, if you outline the book of Jonah, <laughs> one guy said this. I thought this was pretty good. He said we could actually outline the book of Jonah with 
five uh, simple points. Number one, see Jonah run. Number two, see Jonah swim. Number three, see Jonah fly. Number four, see Jonah preach. And then lastly, see Jonah pout. Reminds me of that see spot run, see spot, you know. And, 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 and then another guy said, well, we could also use the message, the story of the prodigal son. Chapters 1 and 2, remember the younger son, he, he got the riches of God, or the riches of his father, and he took off. Jonah, he got the word of God and he went the other direction, refused to be in right relationship with his father. And then chapters 3 and 4 of Jonah, we could break down to the older son. Remember the older son who refused to rejoice and to celebrate because the son had returned. And we find Jonah, he refuses to celebrate that God would save such a wicked people. And we find him pouting underneath, you know, you know the story. Now, some key lessons from Jonah as we pull this together. First, we are called to be alert. God doesn't just give his word to prophets. He doesn't just give his word to preachers. He gives his word to all his people. He speaks to all of us through his word. Turn me to Hebrews chapter 1. This is how Hebrews opens up. Hebrews chapter 1 in the first two verses. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. He has spoken to us directly through his son, who is the living word, who makes all these words come to life through the son who lives within us. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 3.16 and 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 beautifully says, All scripture is God-breathed or God-inspired and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, the servant of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good God has given us his message in his book to be communicated. And so we need to be alert. Second, we need to be encouraged. I mean, as you look through the book, you see how God works. And he'll use anybody or anybody to accomplish his will. He uses a bunch of pagan sailors that could care less about God. He uses a storm at sea. Man, he even uses a plant and a worm. He used a worm for his glory. He used a big fish. And he even used that prodigal, stubborn, pig-headed prophet named Jonah. And he can even use you and me. Right? And then thirdly, we're to be careful. Just because we have obeyed God in the past, that's no guarantee that we're going to obey God today. 
Just because you started or walked close to God doesn't mean you'll stay near to God. Be careful. Be cautious. Um, most agree that this probably was a time in Jonah's life, late in his life. Not early in his ministry as he had sat uh, at the foot of the prophets, as he had served God for many years. And it, it kind of reminds us of Daniel, you know, probably 85 years old when he was put in the lion's den with the lions. It was later in his service to God that he faced this trial. It's interesting as we look at the ministry of Jonah under Jeroboam II. Those years that are recorded, and we've got one verse. And then we've basically got one month of his failures. That's a whole book. One verse of his great successes, and a whole book of much of his blunders. Listen to this is 1 Corinthians 10, 6. It's speaking about the scriptures. It says, uh, this is talking about the Old Testament. It says, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. We're to learn from those failures. Of even the biblical characters, you know, that were so used of God, and they had their they had their failures. They had their faults and and and, and so we are called we are called in our service to him to be careful, to stay close to him. And it would be interesting as we look through this account of Jonah and how God would work. Let's pray. Lord, uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this prophet, God. That although, it, Father, as we begin to read, we see he ran the wrong way and didn't want to speak the right thing. He certainly didn't want to see people be changed because he was mad at them. But in spite of all of that, Lord, you chose to work through Jonah. And in spite of all our mess, you can use us, Lord. May our hearts, Father, be tender to you. May we be willing to turn your direction. Lord, you know exactly where each of us are. Maybe there's one here who for the first time needs to bow the heart and the knee to you and say, I need Jesus to come into my life to forgive me of my sin, to give me that new start and, and to go the direction toward God. What a great day that would be, Lord, for one who trusts you and follow you. Father, in that same breath, maybe there are those who have trusted and followed you, but they need to take that step before your people of baptism. To be able to give that testimony, Lord, that picture of Jesus is my Savior. Jesus has changed my life and I want God's people to know that I am belong to Christ and want to walk with these people, Lord, for your glory. Father, there are other areas that you are working on people's lives. I pray that you might have the freedom, Lord, to... Bring us to the altar to pray, to just follow you however you choose, Lord, to lead us. That your message, that your heart, Lord, would be made known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.